This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Mike Shope. We were having a very serious conversation about mayonnaise here. And the Bulldog. And don't even talk to me about weed. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Excited to get back into the combine and the draft. The draft is now less than two months away. And the combine is underway, but none of the, like, workout stuff. I guess that's tomorrow. That begins tomorrow, yep. Defensive line and linebackers, I believe. So, I don't know. I don't need you to miss me with that. But uh, certainly up for the the times, the speed guys, the skill guys, and then the quarterbacks on Saturday in Indianapolis to take in the fun. Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports, who will be joining us, I believe, on a regular basis here between now and the draft. And uh, here's to that. I'm glad to hear that, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Bulldog reached out to me and said, you want to come on every week? And I was definitely honored. And we have a lot to talk about from here, March 1st, all the way until late April at the draft. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I feel the same way. So the the Combine in Indy this week, um, what are you maybe looking most forward to? The wide receivers, uh, just kind of from a Bills angle, how they run because this is not a highly billed wide receiver class. There's not a Jamar Chase or a, even a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson, even a Jalen Waddle in this draft class, meaning the, the premier marquee wide receiver prospects who have kind of locked into the top 10. And we could see, I mean, no one knows, we could see a lot of these wide receivers like a Jordan Addison as they flower, Jackson Smith and the Jigba. They could run really fast, and then suddenly we're talking about you know, three or four or five receivers back in the first round, like that has been the case the last couple of years since the 2018 draft when only two were selected in the first round, Kelvin Ridley and DJ Moore. Or we could see a lot of these receivers be a little bit smaller than expected, not run super fast. I, I don't think Jackson Smith, the Jigwa is going to be crazy fast. It wouldn't shock me if Jordan Addison is not like a high four, three guy as well. Um, and what that would do is just obviously push, the wide receivers down the board. And at 27, the Bills realistically, I know it's kind of early. We haven't had free agency yet. We haven't had the workouts yet. They could be picking like the second or third wide receiver off the board all the way in the back portion of the first round, which again of late is pretty rare for that occurrence to happen. Well, you would know more than I just what kind of status the combine times, the workout stats mean to a draft prospect. Uh, of course, it would vary, but like just your analysis, Chris, of how important it is that a guy who's played two, three, even four years of college football really nail it this weekend. I think it matters a lot. I, I'm a big advocate of it, it's kind of the analytics part of the pre-draft process that 
there's so many of us that have a lot of our own opinions. A lot of them are right. A lot of them are wrong. You could have other draft analysts on that could have different opinions of specific players. But the combine is just a quantifiable, objective way to say, hey, look, this guy looks kind of fast on film, but he actually ran a 4-6 at the wide receiver spot. And how it impacts the draft directly, I don't have the exact number on me right now, but in general, at like you mentioned, Mike, the, the, the skill positions, wide receiver, um, and then certainly cornerback, if you look back at the guys who go in the first round, they're usually like in the 4-4s with somewhere around a 40-inch vertical. Teams like to be able to check that athleticism box off when they're picking a wide receiver in the first round. Now, of course, that doesn't mean if you run really fast, you're suddenly going to just catapult to the first round. Like you mentioned, the multiple years of film matter more than anything else. But again, uh, I always go back to Brandon Bean saying that he wanted Gabriel Davis to run slower (laughs) um, than people expected so he could fall in the draft. He didn't run very fast, ran in the four fives, and was available in the fourth round. So it definitely helps as kind of a guide to say, hey, like, you can love someone like, let's say, Jackson Smith Najigba from Ohio State, but if he has a 32-inch vertical and runs four five three, he's not going to be a first-round pick, or he's going to be definitely available at 27 overall. So it definitely gives you a little bit of an indicator as to more of a specific range of where, especially wide receivers and cornerbacks, are ultimately going to be selected. With Chris Trapasso, well. There may not be a more interesting receiver in this context or overall than Smith and Jigba, who basically didn't play, for all intents and purposes, Mm -hmm. didn't play this last year after being incredible, especially in that playoff game for Ohio State the year before. What's your particular opinion of him? He reminds me a lot of Christian Kirk, who was a second-round pick um, in the 2018 draft, and was kind of a disappointment with the Cardinals, but then really broke out this season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's not a crazy athlete, and he's really good in the slot and after the catch. That's kind of how I view Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Again, I I don't think he's going to run super fast, and I don't think it's going to be because of his injury that he suffered very early in the season against Notre Dame that held him out, like you mentioned, for most of the year. He is one of those guys, though, that I think a lot of scouts will say, hey, look, like, I don't really care how fast he runs because on the field, he kind of glides over the middle. Um, Not like ridiculously twitchy after the catch, but just has a knack, almost like a running back vision to find uh, open space and could someone or, or could be someone that right away, because what we saw at such a young age from him in 2021 with two other first round wide receivers at Ohio state can step in and be a high floor player, especially landing with a team like the Bills that already has an established number one receiver. Mm -hmm. With Chris Trapasso here on WGR, I talked to Mike Renner last hour, Mm -hmm. and he, yep, we brought up defense, I brought up defense, and the possibility, or even the strong possibility, that Jordan Poyer won't be back here this year, and he likes either of two safeties for the Bills at 27 if they make it. So I'm not sure I have the names right. I know the second one was named Antonio Johnson from from A&M and also Branch, maybe Brian Branch from Alabama. I'm not familiar with these guys, but um, you might be. And how does it sound to think of the Bills as being hopeful that one or both of them is available to them? Yeah, I would like the Bills to go 
address the safety spot, which I think they will have to do later in the draft. Um, I do think it is an integral position to what Sean McDermott does um, in terms of his scheme, and maybe he's going to have more of a you know hold of the defense now without Leslie Frazier this season. Antonio Johnson is probably that player that Bills fans have wanted over the last few off seasons, where six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, freakish athleticism can kind of be that big nickel player. I think in a perfect world, even though Taron Johnson is so good. Um, as that nickel corner almost playing as a linebacker most of the season. If you have Antonio Johnson there, he's going to be a much more of a presence that can range to the football. What I don't think, um, or what I think the Bills will not like about him is that he misses a lot of tackles. For as big as his tackling radius is, a lot of running backs and tight ends and wide receivers on screens slip through his hands. And I think he's got a ways to go just learning the nuances in coverage. Conversely, Brian Branch, who's, I think, less likely to be there just because of the pedigree coming from Alabama, he is the best tackling defensive back that I've ever scouted. He, I think, only had three missed tackles um, last season, and he was on the field a ton at Alabama. And he could instantly be that fill-in for um, Taron Johnson in the Bills' defense because that's kind of where he played at Alabama um, kind of a slot defender, half linebacker, but covers really well. But I think Mike Renner is right that if either of those two players were available for the build um, and, you know, a lot of the wide receivers were gone, I, I just think a lot would have to happen for them to go with the safety position. Those two um, would be certainly interesting players for different reasons. You know, I guess this is a tough question for anybody to answer, given how fluid the draft is. But, you know, you say – with respect to safety, I'd rather they wait. And that implies a, a really good comprehensive understanding of like where the the strengths or the, the depth at each position is. And just, you know, you, you can get a great player here, but you'll do better if you wait at that position than another. You really need to do this now, that kind of thing. Just what's your sort of perspective on that or philosophy? Like it, se- it seems maybe counterintuitive to think about how, you know, I, I want to get my – starting safety in the later rounds necessarily. But, of course, that hinges on other positions and other needs that you have. So is this making sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Because I did say that I, I think it is a pretty important position in this Bills defense. I think most people would agree with that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they ultimately go the free agent route. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wingard from Jacksonville um, has a connection to one of the coaches that the Bills just hired as an assistant um, kind of feels like that Bills-type undervalued free agent that's a lower-level to mid-level free agent, not going to command big dollars, um, and has been a good player when he's been on the field for Jacksonville. But with all the uh, you know kind of tumultuous time with Urban Meyer and then getting a new head coach that didn't bring him in, um, he hasn't been able to be a full-time player. They did it with Jordan Poyer, with Micah Hyde, going back, John Feliciano, these guys that were good players but were backups, and they were – trusting that they could elevate them um, as more of a full-time player. And in the draft, there's just a few players that I like at the safety spot that certainly I don't know if the Bills are uh, targeting them as well. Jair Brown from Penn State, see how well he plays. He Actually, my comparison for him was Jordan Poyer. His aggressiveness attacking the football, he's a very good tackler, made some plays in coverage as well. And then staying in the Big Ten, uh, Kayvon Merriweather, kind of a different type of safety, that he's very long, not quite a big-time athlete, 
but like a lot of those Iowa players that aren't big-time athletes, coached very, very well, always around the football, um, in coverage, attacking run plays to the perimeter, very sure tackler as well, and he has a little bit more size than Brown from Penn State. So to me, um, I think there's bigger needs, more important needs with more value, wide receiver and offensive lineman, chief among them, for the Bills to prioritize those positions instead of safety early in the draft. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. With Chris Trapasso here on the Western Hotline, this is Mike Show. Bulldog is off this week. Tight end, Chris. Um, seems like a fun year at tight end. The Bills may not be in the mix there with Knox signed to this contract, but you, I, I'm hearing about multiple guys being first-round caliber, and it's a deeper list. With tight end, you also have, like usually anyway, I think, a sort of a longer timeline, whereas a another position, maybe a running back, they go right in and you'd expect the world, but a tight end sometimes takes longer to develop at that position. What does the landscape look like to you? Do you think there will be more than one or maybe even more than two first-round picks? And how deep is the pool? Yeah, I think we could see three go in the first round. Dalton Kincaid from Utah, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, and Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Um, And then beyond that, there's guys like Darnell Washington that I think a lot of people who follow college football have seen play at Georgia a lot over the last three seasons he's gigantic he's not um a crazy athlete he's probably going to run one of the slower 40s but he's kind of like a a, a sixth offensive lineman on the field every time he's on the field it's just a really good class with those four going back to Iowa Sam Laporta is someone that I think would help the Bills run after the catch um, element to their offense which I think is the biggest priority of all priorities this offseason for Buffalo um that Maybe even someone like Dalton Kincaid, who catches everything, is a great athlete and is very dynamic after the catch. That could be kind of like the sneaky surprise pick in the first round if a lot of the receivers are gone, if they don't love the safeties and some of the interior offensive linemen are not available at 27 because, you know, you have to plan for everything. Someone like Dalton Kincaid, I think, would come in right away, and he's a tight end, but he would just be another weapon that, again, would really – elevate what the bills do on those short high percentage throws for josh allen to turn some of those easy throws into bigger games chris we've got a few more minutes if you don't mind i want to jump away from football for a quick second to announce a couple things one one is the sabers have traded eric portillo goaltender whose rights they've held he hasn't been up here yet he's at michigan somebody that could have walked away one of those guys like cal peterson uh in his day he has been traded to the Kings for a third-round pick in the upcoming draft. So Portillo traded to L.A., or his rights anyway. And maybe the big name left on the trade market, Jacob Chikrin, has been traded by Arizona to Ottawa for a draft pick package. So Chikrin is out for Sabres fans hoping for him. He goes to Ottawa, another West-East trade here of a prominent player. There's been a lot of that, and uh, the Sabres have moved on from uh, Portillo here. You know, that I think we kind of expected that. Not, not a trade necessarily, but that maybe with Devin Levi and other you know, their whole, the whole board looking the way it looks, that maybe Portillo would get squeezed out and then, uh, then go to free agency. So the, the Sabres have been proactive on that. All right. Thank you, Chris. Unless you have comments on those, those uh, news items. I'm, I'm a little surprised that, I mean, I know we got the trade of the defenseman the other day, but that the bill or the bill, the Sabres at this point being uh, kind of 
net net, uh, uh, neutral when it comes to being sellers or buyers at uh, the trade deadline. I was, you know, expecting more of a bigger deal. I I know there's still some time with the deadline tomorrow, but that was a little surprising. You reading that up on the air and and it wasn't the Sabres getting a player in return. (laughs) Yeah. um, There it is. Thank you. All right. So two more things, quarterback and running back. So, uh, let's end on quarterback. Let's talk B. John Robinson here and the running backs for a minute. Jameer Gibbs, I'm reading Alvin Kamara for Gibbs, so it's not like Robinson, to say the least, is the only running back of note in this draft. There are a lot, it seems, especially into day three. It could be some really interesting players and situations there. Um, again, I'll mention Mike Renner, Chris. He mentioned Atlanta for Robinson with the eighth pick. I get it from a team standpoint. Man, though, that'd be three years in a row if the Falcons were to do that where they're drafting a skill position guy, Pitts and then London and then Robinson high up like that without having quarterback figured out figured out yet. Where do you like Robinson where you think it makes the most sense and maybe what do you think of Atlanta as a as an idea if it isn't what you would pick? Yeah, I mean, Mike's probably right in that I, I think Robinson, because he is going to work out here in Indy, he's probably going to test pretty darn well and, and be that NFL feature back size Um I just wouldn't do it. I, I'm totally off the first round uh, running back train whatsoever. And when I evaluate running backs, um, they don't get any boost to their grade in my scouting grade book to um, their grade because I think it's outside of obviously specialist. It's the least valuable position in football. And like you mentioned, and I'm sure Mike mentioned, there are so many good running backs every single year in the draft. And if the Atlanta Falcons again, like you mentioned with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, it'll be fun on paper. It will sell tickets, but we'll ultimately look back and be like, hey, they missed this offensive lineman. They missed this quarterback. They don't have that, I don't think, with Desmond Ritter. Um, It would just be a very strange way for a young second-year GM to allocate a top-ten pick on a running back. It feels like the league should understand this by now, that that's just not the way to ultimately build your team with a first-round running back. There are a bunch (laughs) that I have in my head that will be third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, undrafted guys that on the right team with a solid to above average offensive line will end up being way better value picks than B. Jan Robinson. And I like him. He's as good. He's about as close as we've gotten to Saquon Barkley as a prospect. Not quite as fast, but everything else looks like a feature back. But I just certainly in any circumstances would not pick a running back in the first round in today's NFL. All right, Chris, let's end with quarterbacks. Uh, Bryce Young apparently is a no, but the other top guys are throwing and working out here on Saturday. That should be pretty pretty fun. Yeah, definitely, especially because I think Anthony Richardson from Florida is going to be like six foot four, 225 or 230 pounds, and I think he's going to test through the roof. And what's interesting about that, I get it from Bryce Young's perspective, Like, he can just say, hey, look, look at my Alabama film the last two years. I'm going to rest on that. But if he measures in at, like, 5'11", 195 pounds, Mm -hmm. I think some teams and and a few people that I've talked to in the league have said, like, it's not necessarily a red flag, but it's pretty telling that he's like, I don't necessarily want to work out next to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and throw the football next to those two guys. Because to me, those are my two biggest concerns with Bryce Young is that He's creative. I don't think he's a supreme athlete. He's not Kyler Murray athletically with his explosion. And I do not think he has that strong of an arm. I think he has what you would expect for someone that is that size. Like Kyler Murray and even Baker Mayfield, certainly Russell Wilson, 
were different, that they were kind of outliers, that they were short, but they still had big arms by NFL standards. I don't really see that with Bryce Young, but we could really see Anthony Richardson and Will Levis put on a show with their arms and their athleticism on Saturday. I'm ready for that. I mean, that would just make this, you know, talking about it, looking forward to the draft end of April, that much more fun. And I I think it's likely. I think it's likely that those two guys, wow, athletically, especially Richardson, uh, you've helped to talk Mm -hmm. me into him. I've drafted him three times in fantasy already. Uh, (laughs) Just for this year. Just for this year, which is, you know, it wasn't early, but it, it still happened. Okay. Chris, thank you. We'll talk next week. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, coverage of the NFL Combine, and for that matter, the NHL trade deadline, as we just announced two trades five or less minutes ago. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, your place to buy a case. Outlet Liquor, George Urban Boulevard in Depew. What's your outlet? Chatted with Sal today, common theme today's show, talking about the Bills at running back and what will they be at that position in 2023. Again, the Sabres trade Eric Pertillo's rights, the Michigan goalie, to L.A. for a third-round pick. Arizona defenseman Jacob Chikrin traded to Ottawa. Mike Shope here. Stay tuned. This is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.